Hello, you're listening to On Israel, Al-Monitor's podcast from Tel Aviv. I'm Ben Kaspik. This week's uh, dramatic announcement by Gideon Saar that he was leaving the Likud and forming a new right-wing party is reshaping Israeli politics with about 80 of the 120 Knesset seats now in the hands of right-wing or center-right parties. Benjamin Netanyahu's Likud, Saar's hope for Israel, Naftali Bennett's Yamina, the veteran Israel Betenu of Avigdor Lieberman, and the two ultra-Orthodox parties allied with the right now control some two-thirds of the Israeli electorate. This is unprecedented. What does it mean for Israel's only remaining pure left-wing party merits? Surprisingly, it's doing quite well. The only party on the left that has been wiped out, at least for now, so far, is the one that founded the State of Israel, Labor. Meretz is stable in the polls and is even showing unusual signs of life. For example, its leadership now includes the first left-wing general of our generation, Knesset member Major General Yair Golan. Popular left-wing Knesset member Ofer Shelach is probably going to split from the centrist Yashatid party and maybe join Meretz leader in San Horowitz. The polls are giving merits between five and eight seats, not that many, but much better than Labour. Merit Chair Nitzan Horowitz is our guest today on Al Monitor's on Israel podcast. We will talk with him about the collapse of the political left, about his party's future and its electoral potential in the Arab community, and about the, heat, the health of Israeli democracy. We will also talk about the great irony while the political left has always led Israel's peace camp, Benjamin Netanyahu is the one signing agreement after agreement with Muslim and Arab states. Knesset member Meretz leader Nitzan Horvitz will be here right after this short break. If you are listening to this podcast, you obviously care about the Middle East, and if you do, you should probably be reading El Monitor. El Monitor is a global newsroom headquartered in Washington, D.C., with a network of over 160 contributors around the world. El Monitor offers first-class reporting and analysis from a range of perspectives and an approach that represents the highest journalistic standards, as well as an award-winning commitment to press freedom and independence. If you haven't done so already, visit us at elmonitor.com, check out our articles, and sign up for our free newsletters. There's a lot to choose from, including the Week in Review, an essay that offers unusual insights and forecasts into the region based upon El Monitor's outstanding reporting. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to our El Monitor podcast on your favorite podcast platform, on Israel with Ben Caspit and on the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti. Now we say hello uh, to uh, the leader of uh, the Meretz Party and uh, Knesset member Nitzan Horowitz. Thank you for joining us in uh, On Israel, Al Monitor's podcast. Shalom, Nitzan. Shalom, Ben, and uh, thank you very much. Before we talk about your party, about Meretz, let's talk, let's talk about Israeli democracy. And I want to ask you, are Netanyahu's continuous efforts to erode the rule of law endangering the pillars of Israeli democracy. Are you worried from it? Do you believe 
that the same thing that has happened in Turkey, for example, could happen in, uh, in the Jewish state in Israel too. Yeah, I'm uh, unfortunately deeply worried. And I think Israel um, is, uh, is experiencing the same, the same uh, developments that uh, we're witnessing all over the world. We're not talking just about Turkey, but there are other examples as well in uh, Europe, Asia, South America. Uh, these are leaders like Netanyahu who, um, who has no red lines uh, in terms of their power. They're in, uh, in, in, in a race to achieve maximum power and they don't care about uh, the, basis, the, basic, the basics of the democracy. In Israel, everything since, uh, I don't know, at least three years now, or maybe more, everything is concentrated around Netanyahu's self-interest, especially his uh, trial on charges of corruption. And he's using his position as prime minister. He's using the uh, political platform. He's using everything, his ministers, in order to, um, to escape trial and escape justice. And, and we are actually in Israel in the midst of an unprecedented constitutional uh, crisis because of this, uh, of this fact, because of Netanyahu's trial, um, the impasse, the stalemate, uh, the, 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 the fourth, maybe fourth election in, in less than two years, it's all because uh, Netanyahu is trying to uh, evade, to escape uh, justice and everything, everything in Israel, uh, politically speaking, but not just politically, uh, is, uh, is under this, uh, this huge shadow. So yes, there is a very strong uh, danger for democracy in Israel. And uh, you know, once the prime minister, head of government is attacking the justice system, is attacking the police, is attacking the media, is attacking the culture. Um, you know this personally very well because he is attacking you as well uh, for many years. Uh, because of your work. And so this is a grave danger for democracy. Uh, and uh, his ministers are saying that there is no obligation to, uh, to fulfill uh, the verdicts of the court and, uh, and things like that, which are extremely dangerous for democracy. And uh, this is why I think that he must go because if he stays, uh, then we will have the same things that we see it may be in Eastern Europe or in Brazil or in other countries where the leader is, uh, is, uh, is trying to achieve maximum power and erode democracy. Erode I, democracy. I want to follow up uh, this question and try to dive a little uh, more inside this, uh, this issue because I tend to agree with, that, with what you're saying and we, we witness it uh, from, from the inside for many years now. But you know, many people think that to to, uh, to talk about Turkey, for example, it's it's a it's a it's a nation with with history of tyranny. It was an uh, empire with with emperors, and you know uh, the the joke about Jews is the whenever you have two Jews, you have three opinions. So we're not built. Uh, uh, to anything but democracy. The system is stronger than the, the person. You see the trial has begun 
all his efforts to block the trial and to, uh, to you know, to escape it uh, were not uh, successful. And uh, you see, Bagatz is now uh, uh, telling him or ordering him to nominate uh, uh, all the, the the crucial nominees in the system of uh, of law. So maybe the cry wolf of us is too early or or, or exaggerated. Well. First of all, I hope you're right, and I hope that the system uh, is stronger than uh, Netanyahu's self-interest, but we cannot be sure. And I think that uh, without the struggle by uh, journalists, by politicians, by demonstrators, um, by people all over Israel, uh, it would have been now much worse. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a struggle of forces. And, uh, and Netanyahu doesn't have his free hand. Now, uh, had we been silent in recent years, I think we would have been in a much worse situation. So we are stopping him all the time, all the time. And we are preventing him from, from for instance, abolish his own trial or uh, 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 change the, uh, the authority of the Supreme Court. But you know, this, this is a process, you know, it's a process. It's not just one day by a click that a country becomes a dictatorship. It's not, it's not like that, and maybe it will not happen, but it's a process. And, uh, and uh, when you hear, for instance, one of Netanyahu's uh, most loyal uh, people, uh, Yariv Levin, who is the, um, who is the um, a, a speaker of the Knesset, uh, saying that uh, he is not going to uh, obey the Supreme Court and he invites the uh, president of the Supreme Court to send her guard to the Knesset to force him to do it. That's something which is unprecedented. Now, I wouldn't like to test it. I wouldn't like to, to, to arrive to the point where we, 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 we test it, whether it's true or not. I'm doing everything I can in order to prevent this from happening. Okay, so uh, let's say between zero to 100, the state of democracy in Israel, I would say maybe it's, I don't know, let's say 65, okay, roughly speaking. Um, yes, and, and we can compare it to the, what we call the process of boiling the frog. Until yeah, the frog yeah. is aware that she, she is boiled, it's too late. Now let's uh, let's talk politics, Nitzan Horowitz. Uh, Gidon Sar's decision to form a new party places further pressure on the uh, political left. The polls show that about 80 of the 120 Knesset seats are now controlled by parties defining themselves to some extent as right wing. Is that really the case, or is the left now? a victim of the energized battle between the anti-Netanyahu camp and the pro-Netanyahu camp? Well, first of all, there is uh, some justice in what you're saying. Since uh, the whole political discussion, as, an, as I mentioned myself before, is all about whether Bibi or not Bibi, because he's so powerful and so central in our life, then other issues are, are pushed aside sometimes. But let me just remind you that uh, we had the best polls uh, in the shape of the election. We had three rounds of elections, three rounds in, in last, last year, three rounds. Actual elections, people actually voted. And on all three of them, the people who wanted Netanyahu out, and most of them were center left, were a majority, okay? Where it was a majority three times in a year. And this was the best poll for me. And unless I think, 
uh, the betrayal, and, and I use this uh, strong word, but I, I, I stand behind it. Uh, unless the betrayal of guns, parents, people like that, we could have we could have made a change in the current Knesset and prevent Netanyahu from running again. I think so. So, you know, when I look at those phenomena like Saar, like Bennett, I think this is the result of the process. When I hear Saar talking about the, the cult of personality around, around Netanyahu, about him using his, his power to, to, to sabotage the justice, this is the demonstration talking. This is the influence of us penetrating into the right wing, into the Likud, and, and this is what happened. You know, we were talking about some, let's say, rebellion inside the Likud against Bibi. So half a year ago, people were laughing at us. This would never happen, impossible. They are all loyal to him. But because of this constant pressure, even within the right or the center right, there are cracks, cracks, and, uh, and uh, things are changing. So I think this is, first of all, the influence uh, of the center left, what is happening now. Uh, on the right side. And second, I think that some of the voters uh, supporting Saar or maybe Bennett or maybe, I don't know, Lieberman, uh, they are not right-wing voters, but they are just trying or searching for the best option to replace Netanyahu. And so they are going there. But I think in the moment of, true, of truth, uh, if we have election, I think these numbers will change and the block and the block of the center left, I don't know how many votes he will get. It will get, but it will not be so small. And I think that uh, like in those last three years, uh, three rounds of election, the block of the center left, and I don't know who exactly in this block now, but I think this block will be will have the opportunity, will have the opportunity to form a new government. This is, this is what I want to talk about now. Uh, let's talk a, a, a while about merits. Yeah. It has gone through uh, tough times in the past 18 months. It has tried everything in order to remain relevant, it trained alone, then hooked up with former Prime Minister Ehud Barak for the Democratic Front, then yes. with Labour. Now you're on your own again. Are you, are you sure that Meretz can still get enough votes to enter the Knesset? How do you explain the fact that Meretz, rather than the veteran Labour Party, has survived uh, so long this political chaos. Yeah, I, I'm sure that merits uh, will be able to get stronger. We said this in the polls. Uh, we are more than double than our actual representation. And so uh, I'm optimistic about merits uh, chances. Now, the reason for that is, is simple. It's just that we didn't betray our voters and we, 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 we remained loyal to what we promised them. We told them we are not going to sit with Netanyahu. We told them that we're going to stand for our left-wing values. And that's what we did. And our, our voters are, are, are sort of uh, content, happy with us. Uh, unlike the Labour Party, they ran with us, but they uh, betrayed the voters and they joined Netanyahu, although they said clearly that they are not going to do it. And the voters are very angry at them. This is why they do not uh, pass the Ahuz Hasima, the threshold, okay? And they will not be in the next Knesset. Now, um, I, I tell you one more thing, Ben. I don't think that there is a need for new parties on the left side. Maybe on the center, there is this sort of vacuum, I don't know, but on the left side, uh, there is no need. Meretz is, is the left party, left-wing party in Israel. And I think it's, it's more than enough. We have good people. We have 
we have good vision, we have good history and good uh, sources, shorashim, you know, roots. roots. And so I'm, I'm confident that we will, do, we will do fine in the coming election. Let's uh, just uh, ask you if you intend to lead merits in the next election, even if there will be, uh, on, uh, you know, now we're, we're talking about uh, uh, March 2021, uh, the 23rd of March or the 16th. So do you think you will lead merits? There is talk of uh, party primaries. There is a, a lot of buzz around General Yair Golan running against you or bringing in new blood, such as Ofer Shelach from Yeshatid party. How do you see merits uh, uh, doing uh, in the next elections, which may take place in three months, as I said? Yeah. Uh, first of all, merits is maybe the only democratic party left. Um, we still have... Uh, party primaries, we still have party members, we have uh, institutions inside the party. Unlike you ignore Likud. Uh, yeah, but in the Likud there is uh, only one boss <laughs> and, uh, and he fixes everything. In Merits, no, I was elected head of Merits a year and a half ago and I will lead Merits in the next election. I don't think Knesset uh, uh, member Golan, my friend, will run against me uh, and I don't think uh, other people, maybe you mentioned Shelach, I'm not even sure that he will join Merits, I don't know. Uh, it's up to him. But yeah, uh, we will, we will uh, most definitely have, uh, have like a party election to, to choose the chairman of the party. This is uh, our constitution saying, uh, we have to do it. And I'm sure that if, if someone uh, runs against me, I'm sure I'll win. Uh, I'm not, I don't know who will run against me, but um, I'm ready to everything. And then uh, we will do it. Uh, my preference is, is, is to run on Merit's uh, name uh, by our own, not to join with other uh, parties or with other groups. Um, as you said, we, we tried it. It was necessary to do it. Um, first with Barak, then with the Labour Party. But I think we have enough credit and enough uh, weight, enough mishkal, in order to do it by ourselves uh, with our own people. Having said that, uh, I think that what Golan did, Yair Golan, who joined Merits, other, others will do this as well. So we will see in the coming month, I think, if there is election, we will see other people joining, not as leaders of the party, but as maybe members, and maybe they will try to get into the list. This is very possible. I think this is very, this is going to happen anyway. We, I'm talking to many people, I cannot say names, but uh, there are many people interested in, in joining, and, and you will see this very soon. I want to, to talk about the Arab vote in Israel. The polls show now that the Arab joint list losing almost one third of its support because of deep voter mistrust. Maybe this is an opportunity for merits to take advantage of the electoral potential of Israel's Arab citizens. I, I think it's more than 20 percent want to become influential players in the political arena. Why not consider a joint Jewish-Arab platform as uh, the basis for a revitalized merits like it was before? You, you used to have uh, Arab Knesset members. Always, always. Meretz always had a Jewish-Arab partnership. Even the founders of Meretz, like the Mapam party or Ratz, they always had uh, an Arab representative or more than one. Uh, and this is absolutely what we are going to do now, even more so. Uh, and I think you're right. There is a potential for merits in the uh, Arab vote. 
and I think uh, many many Arabs are looking for uh, for a new for another party, not just the joint list, the Shema Mishutefet. And I think we have a potential there, and this is my intention to promote new Arab uh, candidates in the list of uh, in the list of merits, uh, side by side by uh, on trying to work on this uh, area of the former Labour Party, what we call the Zionist left. Meretz is a Zionist uh, left-wing party, and uh, we are the home of the Zionist left. Now that the, 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 the Labour Party is gone, there are many voters uh, who are looking for a new political home, and Meretz as a Zionist left party is the home for them. So these are main, actually our main two main goals. First of all, to attract the former Labour voters, uh, as we are their, uh, I don't know, very close party, sister party, you may say, very close anyway. And uh, second, to attract the new Arab voters uh, for maybe the joint list that is going down. So these are two main challenges, and I'm going to invest uh, all the efforts in those two channels. But uh, inside these uh, challenges, uh, I, I recognize at least two a catch-22 situations. The first one is that you just uh, defined merits as a Zionist party, but mm -hmm. uh, Israeli Arabs are all but Zionists. Uh, they cannot uh, define themselves as Zionists. And the second one is more optimistic for, to, to your side, to your camp, Nitzanovitz, is whatever Netanyahu did during the campaigns in uh, inciting against the Arab voters and telling voters that the blue and white camp is going to join with the with the, uh, the joint list and form a government. And actually, it cost Benny Gantz many votes. And then after the election, we are seeing, we're looking amazed at Netanyahu having a, a, a romance relationship with, with the Islamic movement within the joint party. So maybe actually Netanyahu gave the clearance to the central left vote to go in a treaty with the Arab votes or Arab, Arab list next time? <laughs> you know, uh, during uh, our, uh, my, my conversations with Benny Gantz in the last year, uh, I think it was after round two or round three, I don't remember now, maybe round one, you know, there was this uh, resentment, resistance within blue and white for the support of the joint list. And, uh, you know, you remember the, some of the, the people in the party, um, Hauser, Handel, but even within Blue and White, they didn't want this uh, collaboration with the Arab members of Knesset. And I told him, do you think that Netanyahu, in your position, would have said no and, and, and give up the government just because of the support of Arab uh, members of the Knesset? So he told me, of course not. He would do all the deal with them. I said, so do it yourself. Why are you so afraid? You know, he would do the same thing, you know, don't be afraid. And now, as you said, Netanyahu himself, when they, he needs them, he's doing deals with them, with the Islamic party, etc., etc. So, uh, so yeah, uh, as for Meretz, uh, we, as I said, we always had Jewish-Arab partnership, uh, being a Zionist party, and uh, we, we have a way of being a Zionist party, but also allow for Arab a Jewish partnership. I think this is the way 
of the, uh, of the Charter of Independence, Megillat Ha'atzma'ut, and this is the Israeli way. When we say Jewish and democratic, Israel is a Jewish and democratic nation, meaning it's a Jewish state, this is our Zionist vision, side by side with democracy, meaning that there is a place here and equality for all the citizens, of course, including the Arab citizens of Israel. So we have the Zionist vision side by side with democracy and equality. And this is not a contradiction. And, you know, I know that within the radical left, people are saying you cannot be both Zionist and left wing. I do not agree. This country was built upon this combination between Zionism and socialism or maybe left wing ideology. And this is still viable today. So I do not uh, agree with people saying to me, you will not be able to, to achieve Arab support because you are a Zionist. Yes, I'm a Zionist. Yes, this is a Jewish state, but this is also a democracy. And in democracy, there is a place for everybody. And if we give place, we respect each other. I think there is a room for a very strong Jewish-Arab partnership. I want to ask you a theoretical uh, question, but I, do, I think it, 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 have, it has a lot of chances to, to, uh, to happen in reality about the next coalition because we just we, we started this podcast and talking about the the huge energy of the anti and the pro Netanyahu that is uh, taking over all the other uh, agendas in uh, Israeli politics and let's say according to the polls it is possible to have a, a government without Netanyahu and Likud with parties like Avigdor Lieberman, Naftali Bennett, Gidon Saar, Benny Gantz, Yair Lapid, and Meretz. Do you see a possibility that Meretz will, you know, contain or put in the refrigerator, in the freezer, its, its ambitions, you know, of a two-state solution and all this, uh, all this jazz in order to, to, uh, to change the government and send Netanyahu to his way, uh, to his trial, and, and uh, joining this kind of anti-Netanyahu coalition? Well, of course, this is, you know, a very hypothetical question uh, because we don't know what will happen and what will be the composition of this maybe future government. But I said already, even within this current Knesset, that I'm willing to consider joining uh, forces uh, in, in, inside the government with other parties that we didn't, uh, we didn't have any, any contact with them before. And, uh, and this is why we're in a, in, a, in a time of crisis. There is a huge economic crisis. There is this Corona crisis and in, in this unprecedented uh, political crisis within like two years now going on. So I said that yes, yes, Merits will be ready to sit with other parties, even from the right wing. We didn't say under <laughs> prime minister like Bennett, this will not agree. We will not agree uh, for him being prime minister, but we are willing to consider other options. Uh, this is why we, we want to be part of the government. We want to influence, we want to be inside. And I think this is a time where, where we should we should we should focus on the change of government. Uh, this is a crucial um, uh, objective, changing the government. You know, this government is not functioning. This prime minister is, is, is corrupt. We must send him home. Now, we understand that in order to do this, we must do unusual things, okay? Unusual things. Um, I wanted, you know, we thought that Benny Gantz 
would be the prime minister of a center left party, maybe with the with one partner from the right wing, I don't know, with the orthodox parties, Haredim, we, we didn't know. We were ready to make the move, okay? And I'm still ready today. Uh, but this is, of course, depends on the government, on the ideology of the government, for instance. But uh, just a quick follow-up, I want to make it harder for you. Uh, yeah. Naftali Bennett is, you know, he's religious and he's very far from merits. But for example, the government... Uh, that will form Gidon Saar or Avigdor Lieberman and uh, Nitzan Horowitz will be offered the Minister of Education or of Economy or Regional Cooperation. Is it possible? Look, we will have to consider each and every option. I cannot give you an answer on this. This is just too hypothetical. But we will cross the you... bridge when we arrive to it. Okay. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, of course, you cannot. But let me tell you, a government which says the first thing that they will do is make an exception. Sipuach, this, of course, we will not agree and we will not be part of it. it depends, uh, it you, you are lucky because it's not, it's not in the agenda anymore because of the Trump defeat. But uh, I want to ask you, uh, we are out of time, although it's very interesting. The last question, going back to the, the regional uh, issue, Merit is only the only is maybe the only party in the left that still believes in two-state solution, in direct talks with the Palestinians, in what we used to call once land for peace. On the other hand, Benjamin Netanyahu has proven that this paradigm has collapsed. He has achieved late uh, uh, last four months four peace agreements without giving up an inch of land. Uh, he has uh, proven maybe that peace in return for peace is not just a slogan. The Middle East is chain changing, but Meretz is sticking with the same old slogans. Maybe, Nitzan Horowitz, it's time to admit that the two-state solution is dead before arrival. And what with the Palestinians? With millions of Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza, are they going anywhere? Are they disappearing? You know, we we congratulate and I'm happy. I'm happy for the uh, new agreements with the Emirates, with Morocco. You know, <clears throat> this is a good thing in Meretz. Unlike the joint list, Meretz congratulated Netanyahu on these uh, agreements. But this has nothing to do with our major problem, which is the Palestinian problem. You know, the Emirates, Morocco, Bahrain, these are very far away countries. Okay, our main problem, our soldiers are, are not in Bahrain, they are in Ramallah, in Jenin, and Nablus, and, 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 the, and the terror problem, and the missile problem, and all the border problem is here, it's not uh, in the Persian Gulf or in the Atlantic Ocean. So, uh, so having, having peace or having good diplomatic relations with, with the Emirates is a good thing, is a very good thing, but it doesn't, it doesn't change a bit the, the, the interest to, to, to solve the Palestinian issue. And listen, I, I heard many, many arguments about it against uh, for, you know, for many years. I, didn't, I don't know any other solution to the problem, but the two-state solution. I don't know any other solution. If you tell me that there is a better solution, I'll listen. I didn't see any other solution. And we believe that it is still very necessary and viable to make an arrangement with the Palestinians. And you know, the proof is 
that even this government with Netanyahu for many years, they follow the Oslo agreements and they have this bilateral cooperation with the Palestinian Authority and they have the military coordination every day with the Palestinian Authority. And you know, it's all based on the accords that Rabin and Peres made. And so this is still very, very true today. And um, look, fundamentally speaking, between the Mediterranean Sea and the Jordan Valley, there are, I don't know, seven million Jews and six million or five million Palestinians, okay, or six together. Now we have to make something between ourselves. You know, we are here, they are here, we are not going anywhere, they are not going anywhere. We must find a way to live together. And I think that the two-state solution is still the best way to do it. Nitzan Horowitz, the leader of Merits, I thank you very much for this exciting uh, podcast and conversation. Uh, we will be back after a short commercial break with some uh, final thoughts. Thank you, Nitzan, and Shalom. Thank you, Ben Kaspi. Thank you very much. I'm Andrew Parasoliti, president of the award-winning media news site, El Monitor, where we cover the Middle East with some of the best reporters and columnists anywhere. And I'm excited to announce our new podcast, On the Middle East, where each week I will interview newsmakers from the U.S. and the region about the latest news and trends with additional commentary from our on-the-ground correspondents. Those of you who follow the region know that what happens in the Middle East doesn't stay in the Middle East. And to cite another great movie line, every time the U.S. tries to get out, the region pulls us back. Your time is valuable, so let me promise you this. You will learn something and you will never be bored because each week we'll be talking with and listening to those leaders who are making the news and shaping the trends in this critical and fascinating region. So please subscribe to On the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti. Thank you for uh, staying with us. I think it's fair to say that uh, Merit's leader, Nitzan Horowitz, is optimistic and worried at the same time. Worried because he is not sure that the immune system of the young Israeli democracy can survive the autoimmune attacks Netanyahu and his followers are launching at it. He's optimistic because his modest party, Merit's, is maybe the only living proof to the assumption of life after death. It shows vital signs, and uh, after many decades, it can find itself in certain circumstances inside a future Israeli coalition. Horowitz confirms he will sit with former nemesis like Bennett, Saar, and Lieberman in order to reach the ultimate goal of getting rid of the Netanyahu family. Till it happens, I have a feeling we will meet here many, many times. So, hope you enjoyed it today. Meet you here on Monday. Thank you for listening. This is Ben Kaspit from Tel Aviv. Take care.